can't hand you a business plan, but we can make you business wise. So sit back and learn to make stacks with the octopus of enterprise. Hi, it's me, Diana, back for another podcast episode. I'm currently in the deck reflecting on when I first started a business and thinking about whether if someone had asked me then, are you an entrepreneur, what my answer would have been. And I think it probably would have been no. What is that word? What is the identity of an entrepreneur? What does it mean to you? And that's the exact question that I asked today's guests. So today we're looking at what it actually means to be an entrepreneur. Breaking myths and exploring a more universal sense of the word, highlighting the idea that anyone and everyone, if they want to, has the potential to become a presence in the world of enterprise. And who better to discuss this with than Alison Grade, author of The Freelance Bible, Gareth Jones, Town Square, and Jane Brown, my fellow enterprise advisor here at Nottingham Trent University. Welcome all. Welcome to the Octopus of Enterprise. How are you all doing today? Very well. Thank you. Yeah, I can very see good indeed. Gareth's got the odd cat tail going on there, but cats aren't as interrupty as dogs, are they, when it comes to podcasts? Not usually, she's, anyway. She's purring quite loudly. I think she's after a kind of five minutes of fame, so we'll see. Mm, okay, and, and Alison... You're in your room there with your freelance Bible, I can see in the background. But as far as I can see, no animals or other parcels or interruptions to bother us today. Fingers crossed not, the hamster doesn't tend to make too much noise and he's downstairs. <laughs> OK, so I wanted to start by asking each of you what you think it means to be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, who is and who can be an entrepreneur? I'm going to start with Alison, because the one thing that I noticed on your website, Alison, is that you have a strapline entrepreneur and career freelancer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think these days I'd probably call it serial entrepreneur um, and career freelancer because I guess it's not my first rodeo being an entrepreneur. And I think if we're talking about myths and stuff, it's like actually most of the entrepreneurs I know have had a couple of goes at it and you don't always get it right the first time. But there's something in your veins that makes you keep trying. And actually, that's part of the fun is learning from it. Um, I think there are freelancing is definitely a subset of entrepreneurship but it's got a very different mindset and I think that's why I justify calling myself both an entrepreneur and a freelancer and I think currently for me I'm wearing both hats you know um, I've actually yes I'm doing lots of stuff about freelancing I'm talking to loads of freelancers I'm acting in that space but actually I've also got a business as well a training and consultancy business I've got a team of four freelancers working with me as well at the moment so I'm kind of feeling a bit schizophrenic about which one I am and, and, and which which hat I play with but but I think for me there's fundamental minds I think we you know I think we all come together on this piece around mindset and that mindset and that running through your veins but I think that freelance mindset is about you selling your services to deliver for clients whereas that entrepreneurship mindset is is much more about a collaborative experience with a team so I think there's I think that's for me where it starts to differ mm, I mean the first thing that sprung to mind for me is it two different hats or is it the same hat maybe we could debate that a little bit later on um Gareth Town Square have very recently put out uh quite a provocative titled um report <laughs> what if everyone was an entrepreneur I loved it yeah tell me more 
Well, and I imagine that's the kind of question that gives people the heebie-jeebies as well, right? Um, I think Alison's point there was spot on. I think my interpretation of an entrepreneur is someone who's big, building something bigger than just themselves. I think that's that's quite an important distinction. I always think of it as being someone who's quite an intrepid adventurer, you know, setting their own rules and kind of fending for themselves a little bit. But I, but I think you know what we just, what we explored in the paper was this idea that you know being an entrepreneur does not mean you lead a business necessarily, yeah. but that you have this more creative open-minded mindset that takes you into challenges you know with an expectation that you can kind of front up to it we're trying to explore this idea that you know if people felt more entrepreneurially would they feel they have more agency would they feel they've got more job satisfaction would they feel more of a sense of control over what direction their career is going in because i think you know a lot of people who don't enjoy what they do it's because they they feel a lot of those things are lacking in their career and, and i think that's something which is it's kind of sad when, you know, when people don't have the same level of excitement maybe that we have or other entrepreneurs may have. So that's really what um, we're trying to explore is this idea that even if it's part time or a temporary entrepreneur, that the longer term value from that period or that process uh, can pay back in droves. And more importantly, for a company with a workforce, whether it's one or whether it's 1000, empowering people to be more entrepreneurially pays back so actually, we've already broadened the what is the definition of an entrepreneur pretty widely just from two speakers. Jane, my fellow enterprise advisor, like all the enterprise advisors at NTU Enterprise, has experience of being self-employed, being in business herself. Jane, can I come to you and, and let you have a think about you know what, what entrepreneur means to you? Or maybe when you say the word entrepreneur to some of our clients, how that resonates or mm. doesn't with them. Yeah, um, I'm going to be a bit controversial here and sort of say that, um, you know, anyone I believe can be an entrepreneur or can develop some of the traits and skills and attributes that we think of when we think of, a, of an entrepreneur. Um, and I think um, it is about the sort of lens in which you see the world. Um, and it's about people knowing that they have a sort of purpose or a vision about how they might want to take something forward. It's a very creative thing being an entrepreneur and you ha it, there is something in you that makes you want to do it, but there isn't sort of one size fits all. It can be a range of different skills and attributes. You can be quiet, you can be more of an extrovert. And I suppose at NTU, when we support entrepreneurs who come to us, we try and draw out some of those qualities and we work with them to build on their confidence. And we try and encourage that sort of growth thinking so they're not fixed in a certain vision. So, yeah, you have to do entrepreneurship, not just learn about it, don't you? there is action involved within it. And Jane, common to me, has worked in the creative sector as well. And often creatives don't see themselves as entrepreneurial. But actually, when you look at the traits of being entrepreneurial, they map really quite closely to the traits of creative people. And I think um, that's one of the things where we, where we break that myth of an entrepreneur being this kind of lone wolf character who's only interested in money and growing into this like millionaire type billionaire type character which I think is is not particularly helpful when you talk about contemporary business in your report Gareth you reference Entrecomp which is the European framework around entrepreneurialism can we talk a little bit more about some of those those traits perhaps and then maybe people can recognize themselves as entrepreneurs who haven't actually labeled themselves as such before 
I, I've always been quite anxious when we talk about skills because I think it's very hard to identify skills in yourself. And similarly, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs that I know would not call themselves an entrepreneur. It's almost a title which is, you know, given to you as a as a, you are an entrepreneur. And I, and I think you know within the Entrecomp framework, there are skills like being resourceful. Now that means something different to everyone, but the application of being resourceful in the right setting can can be quite transformative. And certainly, you know, as an entrepreneur, being resourceful can be a massive asset. So what's quite interesting is that it's, it, it sets out some, you know, idea of what, how it could be applied, but it's getting quite interesting seeing the different applications of that in an entrepreneurial way from people who are not, you know, by definition, entrepreneurs in their own business, but who are working within an institution that needs entrepreneurial thinking. So I think that's what's quite exciting about these frameworks is this idea that it doesn't belong to just one person. It's very uh, open source. Um, it's something that can adapt, that can be challenged. I think that's very important. Uh, and I think, you know, the, as I interpret it, the entrepreneurial mindset is this experimental, adapt, you know, respond to the challenges, have a theory, go and test it. Very scientific. And like you're saying, it's a very creative um, professional or mindset. I've worked with loads of creatives who are either freelancers or trying to start up a business be entrepreneurial and, and they'll identify massively with being that creative person but they'll say I haven't got a business bone in my body I haven't got a clue what to do you know so much of this is around language that point you made there about not having a business bone in my body is a really interesting one because I think there is this idea that to be an entrepreneur you need to be very uh, cutthroat or you need to be very commercial and mm. um, our company is a b corp our social and our environmental values are as important to us as our commercial performance, but we are a private for-profit business. And I think this idea of shifting it away from being, yeah, like you say, the multimillionaire driving around an Aston Martin to being, you know, someone who is creating value for others that others appreciate by delivering value in return. I think this idea of transactional value exchange is much more important than the idea of exploitation of profit at all costs. And I think, you know, we're seeing a lot more purpose-led companies coming through. The B Corp movement is growing and growing and growing. And I think entrepreneurship is the way to deliver this, this kind of change we want to see in the world. Gareth, the question for me would be that I, I think the word autonomy keeps coming up for me. I think there's something about people who want to be in charge of their own destiny as like a freelancer or as an entrepreneur. And like as a sort of top line trait, did that come out in the report? Yeah, I, th I think I think autonomy is an interesting one, right? Because autonomy is linked to trust. It's linked to people believing in what you can do. I think it's something which has also been brought up around this idea of, you know, being an extrovert or being a, a particular character. I mean, I'm fully aware that if you're going to draw an entrepreneur, it would be a white guy in his 30s like me wearing exactly these glasses on a MacBook, right? And it's, <laughs> that's not that's not a positive reflection of what entrepreneurship is because it also creates other expectations around, you know, class around other social constructs and things that might create that environment for people to thrive. So I think, yeah, there's this idea around autonomy, which is people feeling a bit fed up or frustrated of not being trusted. And that can often be you know, a bad work experience or whatever that might be, which entrepreneurship gives you a space for that. But my, what I'm more interested in is this idea that you should feel that same level of autonomy and excitement about delivering something, whether you're an employee, whether you're a politician, whether you're an academic, whether you work within public or private sector, shouldn't be as important as this sense of building something bigger that will deliver, you know, real value for folks. Um, I think that's a much more important definition. Absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned agency earlier, that sense of you, the person, being able to have an impact, really, to use your own agency. Um, so we're talking competencies and attributes rather than particularly a title. 
being an entrepreneur is a journey you know it, it does transform people you start out with an idea and you have um, a purpose inside you and you want to learn and you want to research and develop but I think throughout that journey you constantly are adapting um, but there are certain things that you need to be able to do proficiently like communicate you know you have to communicate with a wide range of people you have to know your market effectively and the key thing for most entrepreneurs is their networks as well actually connecting with the people that are out there in the market who can help them and support them and I think it's easy to think that we haven't got good networks because you actually all know more people than we think we know and it's it's actually how you engage with the people that are in your direct network and how you reach beyond that and how you frame those conversations um and that's that's really interesting about how you leverage and build out from that even if like you know for me i i ran a company some years ago we, we it was called girls angels and we specialized in teaching women how to ride motorbikes now i just got a bike license i wasn't even allowed to be an instructor because i was too green around the gills i didn't know anyone in the industry but i just went balls out and i just made, built this company because i believed that i'd had a rubbish experience and i could do it better um and that actually women wanted to learn how to ride motorbikes differently from guys because nine times out of ten they hadn't already sat on a motorbike and made it go uh, whereas guys had which kind of got that that just meant the first day of training just the girls always got left behind so um and it's a way women learn I, don't, I could go on for hours but there was a sense i didn't have any networks in that industry but you've just got to go out and go and look for the people and start to have those conversations and see what you can do and you know you don't have to be driving every aspect of your business to still own it and run it and make it happen I think that's quite a good point, actually, because when you think about entrepreneurs, you think, you know, some of the classic um, people like James Dyson, I suppose, or, you know, even J.K. Rowling being a, an entrepreneur. But these people have big teams behind them. It's not just them. You know, it is all about collaboration. It is all about networks. And it's about the people that work with them and do the work for them in some senses as well. It's they're quite often the figurehead um, and it, it is more about a team dynamic but we are sold that kind of like hero image of the entrepreneur and as as gareth referenced earlier you know the kind of standard white man template um and entrepreneurs are much more diverse really aren't they um and and your story about the bike experience alison that that comes like many business ideas many entrepreneurial ideas come from personal experience i i think and that's it when your heart starts beating right when your heart starts beating you know you care about it and and, yeah. and i think that's the really interesting thing is this idea that you know when, when you're right at the start you might have zero confidence and the best way to build confidence is to get out there get some experience you know, go through that process and, and whether you win or you lose, you still are in a better position as a part of that. And, and that's always something which I've been really taken by within our community is whether that person goes on to start a business or whether they go on to get a better job as a result of that experience. My perspective on that is that is not win or lose. This is everyone wins. Everyone, you know, as long, and, and that's a part of our role is don't bet the house on it. You know, don't remortgage your house to make this work or, or if you do that's your responsibility but it's this idea that this experience should be enriching and I think that's it when mm. you get out there and, and like Alison's explained you go through a process like learning how to ride a, a motorbike and you think hang on a minute I care about this because this is something which is uh, linked to my values it's linked to something I, I'm really passionate about and I believe there's another way of doing it and even if this doesn't create a business it'll create an interesting blog that will get onto someone else's agenda or it might 
open up a new audience of folks or I might make some new friends or, you know, and all of these experiences are what enrich our lives are, and are what could potentially become our career. And I'm sure, Alison, when you went to that first lesson, you didn't think, right, I'm going to start a business after this. It's something which just smacks you in the face. And I think mm -hmm. many people are smacked in the face 20 times a day and don't realize that smack in the face is an opportunity. Yeah, just just to clarify, I didn't get smacked in the face on my first opportunity riding a motorbike. But I think <laughs> I grinned for 24 hours and knew this was something I needed to do was to get a bike license. And I did that and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I was just finishing business school at the time and I was, you know, looking around for what I was going to do. And I was looking for what and I just kept having this niggling thing. I was like, God, that like I'm so chuffed that I did it. But God, it could be done so much better. You know, um, and I just had this vision of what it could be like. And it just kept growing on me to the extent that I just went, oh, do you know what? I don't I don't actually want this glory MBA job. Actually, I need to go off and do this and give it a try. And um, but there's been a lot of gestation and thinking and chatting to people in the interim. The essence of that is get support, get advice, get help, be part of a community, whatever that is. You know, Gareth, uh, you're running startup programs in, in Wales. We at the NTU Enterprise Centre here in Nottingham are running things within Nottingham City and beyond. Um, you know, there's advice and help out there. And there is a statistic somewhere that I don't have off the top of my head about, you know, the, the amount of businesses that keep going because they had support or advice and those that fail um, who hadn't got that advice. But there was one thing, Gareth, that I wanted to just pick out of what you were saying there, because you said, oh, don't bet the house, because there's a bit of a, a classic sort of stereotype about this sort of really risky personality, the entrepreneur who goes out and like bets it all on this big idea. And actually, though risk taking is a trait of entrepreneurial people, it is calculated risk taking. And that goes back to the thing that we've all been talking about. And you're all furiously nodding at me, which is brilliant, um, which is about, you know, you do your research, you do your bit of homework, you have your idea, you resource things, but also entrepreneurial people take action. So it's a combination of all of those things. So really what we're saying is, you know, if you have an idea or a passion and you want to take action on it, then you could be, you are an entrepreneur. So that being said, Alison, have you got a gem of advice for someone who's now thinking, you know what, maybe I am an entrepreneur. Any tips or tricks? And also, I want to know, has there ever been a time where you've been told you're not an entrepreneur or not considered yourself an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll slightly answer both of those questions at the same time, because in, in some ways, yeah, probably I've never been a proper entrepreneur because I've never actually raised investment because I've always chosen to do it in a in a controlled risk organic way and not bet the house and and not be beholden to two people. So I think there's a sense that maybe I'm not a proper entrepreneur because I've raised investment. Um, but that's also partly because I like to kind of go, well, let's see how we can get into this in a small way and see how I can make this happen. And then, oh, that's worked. I'll do the next thing and I'll do the next thing and let it build organically. Um, and I've seen that with, you know, different clients I've worked with as a freelancer, different businesses I've been involved in. But that just that starting small, trying it out, learning from it, iterating um, and moving on. That's the space that I sit in. 
So start small, just start, I think. Yeah. And I, and I don't think I believe that only people who've gone for investment are proper entrepreneurs. And Gareth is certainly wow. shaking his head there. So Gareth, bit of advice and a and a bit of you know <laughs> proper entrepreneur. What does that What does that mean? Have you ever been told that you're not? The way I kind of think about advice is that it's like you're going for a hike, right? And you've got a rucksack. And sure, you could put everything in that rucksack, but there's no way you're getting to the top of that hill if you do. So my <laughs> advice with advice is just put in the bag what you believe and what, what you tested to, and know to be true. I'm not precious about people thinking of that as being gospel or, you know, that should not be the attitude around advice. It's yeah. something you might decide to put in your bag and great, get on the way, but otherwise it'll weigh you down. So I think that's a really important thing about how you trust and how you take on advice. Um, I've been on a, I've been told, I'll never make a good chief executive. I've been told I'm not an entrepreneur, all that stuff. And it's it's really, I think it's a really important part around, it was mentioned earlier around imposter syndrome. I think it's really important to, um, and it's hard, right? It's so hard to have that confidence. It gets knocked out of you 20 times a day before you've even brushed your teeth. And, and so this idea of imposter syndrome is something which is important to embrace and be aware of when it's in the room with you or when it's on the trip with you. Because um, this is the thing, when at the end of that, or after a particular period of time, someone comes to you and says, actually, do you know what? Yeah, you've done a lot better than I or any, that doesn't mean anything to you because their, their external opinion is not the definition as long as you're doing what you care about. So, so I think that's something which happens all the time. I think picking up on Alison's point about you're not an entrepreneur if you haven't done this or if you haven't done that, I disagree with that completely. <laughs> I, think, I think this idea, I, I find it disgusting when you're in a room and people are comparing you, what's your seed raise, what's your seed? I hate that. This is not entrepreneurship for me. And, and that VC world, I think, is corrupting a lot of what people aspire to create as businesses. And there's a great guy called Alex Hillman, who I was at a conference once. I heard him say this thing about he's seen money make a lot of smart people do dumb things, but he's never seen it make a dumb person do smart things. Yeah. I think it's this really important idea that we perceive that whoever's got the biggest seed raise and all this stuff, you know, is the one who's most li likely to succeed. It's just not the case. And, and I think it's um, I think it's toxic in the kind of entrepreneurial world. Thank you. Jane, what's in your rucksack as you're climbing the mountain of entrepreneurship in terms of advice? Well, very simply, don't give up. Try new things. Keep trying different ideas. Um, but you do need support. Um, there's lots of help out there for entrepreneurs through different business support organizations including NTU there's a plug for us again um, so really understanding um, where you want to start and, and having a vision for getting there but accepting that that is a journey and it's not going to go in a straightforward way necessarily uh, you have to learn at each stage and those stages can take a long time, you know, before you actually get to a point where you can relax a bit and think, yes, this business is established. I'm now earning enough money to make a living. I'm now needing to look for investment, for example, or, you know, success can look different to lots of different people. So having sort of more realistic expectations as well, um, but knowing that you really have to put in a lot of hard work. Amazing. So really what we've learned today is the title entrepreneur is much more universal, not just a strict identity, a set of personal traits you were born with. It's more about developing those attributes and skills to make your venture successful.
So if you think you might be an entrepreneur or you're currently doing something that fits within those attributes we've discussed that entrepreneurs have, wear that identity with your head held high. But unfortunately, that's it for today's episode. Um, thank you, Alison. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Jane. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Diana Pasek-Atkinson and that was the Octopus of Enterprise. Bye. <laughs>